I talk in the book about a perception sale. Now, a perception sale is not a sale that necessarily makes the agent any money, but it changes the perception of the client of the agent from a product salesperson to a consultant yes. problem solver. So, for example, someone who has a problem in, in related to real estate or maybe even not even related to real estate, but an insurance problem, a, a title company issue, uh, something of that nature. When the, when the agent helps them solve that problem after the close, after the sale, later they help them solve that, that adds perception that this person is needed and important to me, not only through the sale, but further on. Mm -hmm. And the more times you can demonstrate proficiency with that person by providing a perception sale that causes them to believe you as a consultative person rather than a product-oriented salesperson, the more they open the door to their sphere of influence. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. Is there an actual blueprint on how to become a successful real estate agent? Our guest today is Sonny Moyers, the author of the architecture of the real estate practice. Using the principles and practical strategies that he now shares in his book, Sonny became an award-winning successful agent in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Between 2004 and 2018, he was in the top 4% of all real estate agents nationwide. He was also in the top 1% of all agents in Texas for numerous years. Let's find out how Sonny did it and how you can tap into those same principles that brought him major success. Sonny, welcome to Bebo Branding. Well, thank you. I'm uh, pleased to be here. I look forward to it. Yeah, me too, because we're actually talking today about my favorite subject. Uh, you know, branding is is also a very favorite subject because this beautiful lady introduced me to branding and I fell in love with it and uh, the importance of it uh, aside. Uh, real estate was one of my first loves and I've been doing it uh, not as long as you. We're going to talk about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm into my third decade of doing it. 31 years right. of doing it. Love real estate. I've always loved real estate. Always will love real estate. Tell us how you fell in love with it and got started in your career. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting story in that it's unexpected. Uh, I had I was in college, university, and I had a very small child and I lived in a uh, garage apartment that was uh, very difficult to live in. And I found myself in a real dire strait. I was going to Abilene Christian University and I was playing football and uh, on a scholarship. And I went to college with a baby and a wife and I needed to make money to take care of things. And so I was in an alley outside my garage apartment, uh, wandering up and down the alley about midnight one night, looking for glass bottles to redeem so that I could get some money and buy diapers. And I was very, it was a very dark place. I don't mean just light. I mean my, my life. And I looked up at God and I swore at God and immediately realized that I had, uh, was blaming God for something that I had done to myself. Uh, at that point, I made a promise to myself that I would never again in my lifetime reach a point where I could not take care of my family. And so I began a search to find a way to solve my problems. And one of that ways of solving that problem was to accept a position at an apartment complex as an assistant manager. And I was quite surprised when I interviewed for the job because 
I had never managed an apartment complex before. Uh, the gentleman who interviewed me was very odd because he, within minutes, offered me the position after very little interview. And so I moved into the apartment complex with my young family. And after about two weeks, he arrived at my door and knocked on the door at nighttime and handed me a, a stack of books. And a stack of books included a pouch filled with money, checks and cash. And keep in mind, I'm only 20 years old at this point. <laughs> uh, he handed me the this book stuff and all this information and said, his name was David. He said, uh, I'm leaving and you need to meet with the owner tomorrow and uh, explain to him that I've left. Oh, my. And he walked out. And that was it. I never saw him again. Um, the next morning, finding the information in that pouch and all that information, I found the name of W.R. Dick Kendrick of Kendrick Realty and Associates in Abilene, Texas. And I made an appointment to go see him. And that's how I met Mr. Kendrick. And that's how I proceeded to become in real estate. Wow. Uh, I went in and met with him. I'm a big believer in, tu in intuitive thinking. And I think you probably know what I'm talking about, intuitive thinking. People automatically react uh, intrinsically to certain things. And I met with Mr. Kendrick. And after, I think he was very suspicious at first, wondering how a, a young man, 20 years old, became his assistant manager with no apartment experience. Uh, guys, I couldn't even balance a checkbook at the time. Okay. <laughs> And he, but he was uh, from Georgia and he had a very thick Southern draw and he was a really personable, brilliant man. He owned a real estate firm that did commercial real estate and residential real estate and owned shopping centers. And the apartment complex was one of his many ventures that he was involved in. And after about 45 minutes, I got up to leave and he said, sit down. And he hired me right then to be his manager. And that's how I got into real estate first in the apartment community business of managing an apartment complex and Mr. Kendrick became my sponsor and mentor. And, uh, Dick Kendrick was a great man. I learned real estate listening to his Southern drawl. And he's a very charming, very wealthy individual for some reason, saw me and listened to me for a few minutes and made a intuitive decision that I should be his manager. And that got me into real estate. He later asked me if I would, I played college football in college, asked me if I would be willing to sell real estate in the summers and thought that my tie in with the university as a uh, football player, athlete, would be useful in getting me started in real estate. And I got my license and began my real estate career. And that was over 50 years ago. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Mr. Kendrick was a great man. I, I will tell you that I feel guilty in this respect. After I left Abilene and graduated with my degree in management and communications, I felt that I had never paid enough attention to him and given him enough credit for what he did for me because mm -hmm. he truly was a great mentor and uh, taught me a great deal, including oh, wow. to balance a checkbook. Yeah, yes, I yes. am sure that you received a wealth of information. Uh, oh, yes. From him.
Yeah. One of my greatest mentors early in my career um, was not in the branding world. He was in vacuum cleaner sales. His name was W.T. Howell. He has since passed, Uh, but he was one of the, he taught me so much about sales. It was unbelievable. And I still remember those lessons today more than I've remembered anything since. It's it's incredible. Take us now, Sonny, if you would, like through just a, a little snapshot of your career. Tell us a little bit about how you, you know, rose through the ranks, got to where you became super successful as an agent. Well, it was, uh, uh, I was in college, of course, and studying to become, uh, I thought I was going to be a professional football player. And like a lot of things in life that didn't work, a lot of injuries, in fact, a whole lot of injuries. But uh, I was on a national championship football team my senior year. I was a defensive tackle. What college was this? Abilene Christian University. Abilene, okay. Abilene, Texas, yeah. And I was uh, on that team, and uh, at the end of the year, the coach asked me if I wanted to be, uh, by that time, I had two children, by the way. I had a a little girl and a a new baby boy, and I was uh, very different than most of the college students. I was very mature for my age, and my coach asked me if I wanted to be a a graduate assistant coach and work my coaching, and I told him, no, I had to have more money than that to take care of my family. Is remember, remembering that promise that I made in that alley. And so I, I, I left Abilene and took a position at Southwestern Bell Telephone Company in marketing and sales and went to work and also did real estate on the side, uh, which I don't recommend to people most of the time because it's very hard to work a part time in real estate. But I worked my way back, went back to Abilene Christian to get my master's degree in psychology. And there's where the book is a lot about psychology, uh, human behavioral theory. My master's degree was in psychology, communications, and research method- methods. And my book is not the typical real estate book. It's not about contracts. It's not about how to become a millionaire overnight. It's not about one of those kinds of books. It's really more of a textbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my career in real estate, I, of course, managed that apartment complex. And then when I went back and I went ahead and got my broker's license and started my own firm. uh, And that firm specialized in investment properties. And then I started consulting uh, in real estate all over the world. I've consulted in 20 different countries. Wow. I've spoken at hundreds of conventions and meetings and presentations. I've, um, been one of my favorite things was traveling all over Western Europe and particularly I like that area and did a lot of training and marketing theory uh, concepts of uh, branding and how do you build a reputation and things like that. And during my teachings, I decided that someday I might want to write a book and then that was reinforced later. But I, my wife and I were decided when I quit consulting and traveling because the travel was getting too much. I decided to go into a partnership with my wife in real estate and we formed our group uh, called the O'Day Moyers Group. And Judy and I were both brokers and we had three assistants and we worked our way up into real estate to become one of the top groups in in Texas. Uh, Our group was quite different. Uh, Borrowing from Mr. Kendrick, we, we, we created a concept called the singular solution for all your real estate needs. Uh, the singular solution theory or concept was we do commercial real estate, residential real estate, and consulting related to real estate. 
And I was the lead in the commercial side. My wife was the lead on the residential side and I led the consulting side. And that created a very unique brand because we would help our clients not only find and buy and sell homes, investment properties, farm and ranch land, and also large uh, tenant leases in large buildings where I served as a tenant representative. So our business model was quite different. Mm -hmm. A great deal of my book is about building a business model. And part of that business model is how are you going to brand yourself? And that's one of the reasons we're on this call today. I like just in full disclosure, Sonny and I met in a separate call and, uh, and I absolutely loved where he was coming from with the psychology of real estate, helping people build the business system, including the branding portion of, you know, teaching and consulting with that over all these years. It just blew me away, your experience and your knowledge in this, Sonny. And so, so we're so happy to have you here today. Mm -hmm. Well, the branding is a big part of what I've done. Uh, I might just give you a quick overview of the branding approach that I used. Uh, you know, there are 3 million real estate agents in the United States and 1,520,000 plus that are affiliated with the National Association of Realtors. Okay. Now, if you think about the population of the United States and the number of real estate agents that there are out there, licensed people, there's a very small number of people for every real estate agent. In fact, if you just divide that out, it's, it's pretty small, a couple hundred people. So there are real estate agents everywhere. So the, the fundamental argument in branding is how do you differentiate yourself? How do you cause them to choose you versus other people? And unfortunately, there's a lot of um, copycat marketing. Oh, yes. Real estate. And, you know, an age, someone comes into real estate thinking that they're going to be highly successful in a very short period of time. And they find out it's a much harder thing to do than they thought. But one of the things they do because they don't have a business model and a plan is they start panicking and trying to do something like someone else is doing it. And so they copy the marketing efforts of another agent and that makes them look like that other agent. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you, I use an analogy here, if you walk into a ballroom and there's 399 people there and they're all real estate agents and they're all wearing gray. And they all have across their heads salesperson. And they all have a tag on their chest that says what firm they're affiliated with. They scream, I'm a salesperson. And they are predominantly product-oriented salespeople. Okay. Now one person walks into the room, and that person is wearing a blue suit. And across their head says, I care about you. And they don't have a badge on that proclaims their saleshood. Okay. They are honestly, sincerely caring about people. And I took the approach of a consultative sales process and a collaborative selling concept. And I merged that with the singular solution to your real estate needs to create our business model and our business model, which is the, the reason for the book. It, the book takes you through the process of how to build a real estate practice. And then it describes what the business model looks like. And then it provides a sample business model that I use to become highly successful in real estate. You know, there's only 4% of the agents in the United States in 2021 that made over $250,000. Right. Now, 4% of a million five hundred people, thousand people with NAR is the, is the study group that we're talking about. As I said, my research methods background helps me with this. Well, to be 
to make over $250,000 if only 4% of 1,520,000 plus people make over 4% for 2021, you have to do something different and special. And everything about being a real estate agent is about differentiation, not being the same. Because the more you look the same as the other agents, the more ubiquitous you're seen to be. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the client is when they see a ubiquitous group of people, such as those 400 people in that ballroom, one of them looks different. One of them acts differently. One of them has a different personality. One of them is consultative, collaborative oriented, rather than I'm a product salesperson. I don't sell houses. Mm-hmm. In fact, I never have sold houses. Right. I sell solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. I help a client overcome the, pro- the, the problem. I solve their problem. And as a natural result, they buy a home. Mm-hmm. And so I don't look at it as a product sales business. And most people come into real estate believing that they're going to drive people around in a fancy car, take people <laughs> to lunch at, uh, and at the country club, and that they're going to sell a home. And they're going to go to closing and celebrate. That's not what I did. Mm-hmm. And my goal was to create a relationship with people that would survive closing. Like what you're hearing? Hit that subscribe button and learn how you can change how you're seen and charge what you're worth. I you love that definition. Sonny, hold on one second. Oh, yeah. Please repeat that one more time. One of the things that I, I think people need to realize is that a relationship with the client must survive closing. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that you continue to live. I mean, the relationship continues to live. You see, most people in our society, most people believe that when they look for a home, they're going to find a home and agent's going to help them write the contract. And they don't see the agent as a 20-year contact or a 20-year relationship. They right. see it as a, a, I meet someone, I understand them, I little, know a little bit about them. I help them buy a home. Uh, we go to closing and then it's goodbye. So the consumer doesn't see it as a revolving process of multiple transactions. They see it as a one-time transaction. So when I say survive closing, the, the closing, the agent must, after the closing, still be perceived by the buyer, the seller, the client, as someone who brings value and benefit to them beyond that closing. So the, the concept of surviving closing, which I write about in my book, is that your relationship with them has to be based upon trust, confidence, and as a problem solver in their lives. And when you do that, it's not about buying a home. It's about a long-term relationship with the client. And that's where you get the most important thing you can accomplish in real estate. And that is to be able to not only help someone do something, buy a home, sell a home, lease office space in a large building, etc. But also to be able to help that person through years of change, development, and what they're going through in their own lives so that you can be connected with them and that they will open up not only what their needs are, but the needs of their sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Most people don't want to turn a product-oriented salesperson, set them loose on their sphere of influence. Right. And that's why a consultative, collaborative selling, problem-solving approach is key to success in the long-term relationships. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. It, it like that is one of the things that blow has always blown my mind is the agents that sell a house to somebody. They spend that month with them. They get them through the closing table and then they never talk to them again. I'm like, that is unbelievable. 
Well, not only that, they, they send nonstop uh, sales related messages that are product oriented to the client for five right. years. Yeah. And everything yeah. they send them is buy something, sell something. Okay. Not exactly. About your family, what's going on in your life? And I, I talk a lot, a lot of, in the book about the client hierarchy of needs. And the client hierarchy of needs, it's a chapter of the book, the buyer seller hierarchy of needs is about how the client changes over time and how their needs change over time. They don't necessarily sell a home or buy a home because they get tired of the home. Their needs may change. Mm -hmm. And if you're connected with them and involved with them along the way, they look to you because they trust you. And you're the problem mm -hmm. solver for them. That's exactly right. You don't sell houses. You help them solve problems in their lives. You help their children. You help their family members and you help people who are in their sphere of influence and they trust you to turn those people over to you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And rather than being hesitant because, oh, he's going to call them or she's going to call them and start hounding them to, to sell their home when they don't even want to sell their home. It is. And I, I love one thing you said, Sonny, about nobody wants to recommend or turn their friends on to a product based <laughs> salesperson. Right. And if we think about that, yeah. Like if somebody says to you, do you know anybody else that uh, I could, you know, that, that would need or want my services? Well, if it's truly a consultative sell, right, or a consultative approach, not sell, um, and not a product, 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 then I'm much more likely to say, hey, you know what, this person's not going to press on you. It's no hard sell approach, but they helped me so much. I think you might want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, there's a difference the difference is between night and day and how that's perceived on both sides of the fence, because I don't want to sick somebody on, on a friend of mine either that Absolutely. behaves like that. Well, and you mentioned perceived and that's right on the nail on the head. Uh, I talk in the book about a perception sale. Now a perception sale is not a sale that necessarily makes the agent any money but it changes the perception of the client of the agent from a product salesperson to a consultative yes. problem solver. So for example, someone who has a problem in, in related to real estate or maybe even not even related to real estate, but an insurance problem, a, a title company issue, uh, something of relaxed nature. When the, when the agent helps them solve that problem after the close, after the sale, later they help them solve that, that, adds perception that this person is needed and important to me, not only through the sale, but further on. Mm -hmm. And the more times you can demonstrate proficiency with that person by providing a perception sale that causes them to believe you as a consultative person rather than a product oriented salesperson, the more they open the door to their sphere of influence. Creating the right relationship is, is everything about it. So mm -hmm. when I, uh, I was competing for an award in Dallas, uh, the award was for the D Dallas Builders Association for the top realtor in Dallas. I was nominated along with a lot of other people. And I was lucky enough to make the cut to the top three. And I went into a panel of judges and talked about real estate. And they interviewed me in this panel and all the three people that were reviewed. Now, the other two people that were nominated had more volume than me. They sold more houses and they had more volume. I don't think they were more profitable, but they still had more volume. Mm -hmm. um, and I went into that panel, that discussion, and I didn't talk about selling homes. I talked about serving clients. I talked about taking care of clients, not only now, 
for over 10 or 15, 20 years. I talked about the relationship that survives closing and how long and how important it is for the agent to be perceived that way rather than as a product-oriented salesperson. Well, I was lucky enough, I won that award. And when I won that award, that award, as I was on stage thanking the people who helped us get there, including our clients, it occurred to me I should share this with other people. So why did I write the book? I want to help people. I want to help someone who's an agent come into real estate and not fail. You know, many agents who spend the first two years in real estate, beginning agents and aspiring agents, only make about $25,000 a year the first two years. Yep. The fallout rate's very high. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to fail. I want them to be successful. So why did I write the book? After many, many years of fortunately great success in real estate, I wanted to share what I had done. Not necessarily that they become more like me, but that they find the balance between the concepts and theories that I used blended with their own personality and style to create a more powerful salesperson who's a problem solving salesperson, not a product oriented salesperson. I love it. Sonny, you, you are really speaking my language right here. And for the listeners out there, whether it be one or tens of thousands that are in the real estate business that yeah, I'm telling you, I ain't been in this 31 years and I'm getting this book. So I would suggest that you do the same. Sonny, how do we find the book? That, uh, that uh, The real estate, uh, the, the website for the book is realestatebook.org. Okay. Now, the name of the book is The Architecture of the Real Estate Practice. That's a little long for a website. Right? Gotcha. So the, the realestatebook.org is the website. I'm also, on YouTube. I'm also on YouTube. I have a blog. I have a lot of other things that I do. But I want people to know that the goal of the book and the goal for me being out there, someone who reviewed the book, a very powerful influencer in the Dallas area, said to me, Sonny, you realize you're opening the kimono and you're sharing all your secrets, right? The sample chat, the chapter in the back of the book, which is the sample business model, allows a person to take what they've learned in the book and start applying it to envision and build a visualization of their business model. And that allows them to build their marketing plan and their branding approach. Because mm -hmm. everything in, in real estate is about branding, branding yourself as being different. And that's where differentiation comes in, because with all those agents out there in the world, you've got to be different. You have to right. be noticed. And if you're not noticed and if you're not different, and I don't mean odd different. I mean, different <laughs> in the way of being, in the way of being special. Okay. Right. Having a right. great message, having a great delivery in the book. There's over 5,000 scripts, 5,000 words in scripts. And those scripts are the language of real estate. So not only do they get what I'm teaching, the concepts, the practices that I teach and how I did it, but also they get the actual wording what do you say to a client who asks you for a discount? And how do you do? I was not a discount broker. Right. One thing I said was I'm not the absolute best. And I'm a big believer in the book. Good to great by Jim Collins. Me too. Because as you know, good is the enemy of great. Exactly. Many agents get successful in real estate and they quit trying to be great. I always strove every year to improve our business model and to improve what we did. So the business model is only a beginning. It's an evolving living document that grows. Having been in real estate for 30 years or so, you guys have a similar experience, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I, and I love it. And, and I will say that I'm going to say one more thing about that to the listeners. Don't wait as long as I did to <laughs> listen to what Sonny's talking about, because I went about 20 years worth of hacking at it, making a living, making better than a living some years, but not obtaining the, what I wanted the company to be until uh, the last 10 years. Branding was a huge reason for that. And then everything else that Sonny spoke about, today and he's a wealth of information we're going to have to have him back on for sure want to be uh, it, it everything he's saying is absolutely true and if you treat your business this way then you're going to see it grow and do I have so time we, for one more quick comment we sure do Go absolutely ahead. all right most real estate people and i taught at the abby halliday career development center for three years where i taught new agents and i've taught all over the world these concepts and these things that i'm teaching and one thing i can tell you i've interviewed many many real estate agents both to hire them or not hire them and to work for me. If, if you run into a real estate agent who's been in real estate for four or five years and you ask them these questions, what is your business model? Most can't tell you. Mm -hmm. And if you ask them, why is someone going to choose you? Give me three reasons someone's going to choose you over the other 200 people who look just like you. They can't answer the question. And if you ask you, them if they can define their, their mission and what they're trying to do, they do not have a mission statement. Now, many people come into real estate and they start out thinking the business is about selling a home and the license only gives them the knowledge of the legal right to sell a home. It doesn't prepare them for these other things. And that's why I wrote the book. Well, guys, it, the name of the book again is The Architecture of the Real Estate Practice by Sonny Moyers. And Sonny, okay, we ask every guest that comes through here this question. If our listeners have the freedom to visit anywhere in the world, which place would you recommend them to visit and why? Oh, I'd have to say Paris. Uh, I love Paris. We've been there. My wife and I is my partner in real estate. We've been there five times, six times. Uh, of course, Italy, any place in Italy. But if I had to choose one place, it would probably be Paris mm. because the atmosphere, the food, the amazing history of Paris, and of course, the Louvre. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's just a special, special place. Uh, it's on my bucket list. I haven't gone there yet, but it's near the top of my bucket list, Sonny. And I can tell you the other amazing thing about travel is in my opinion, uh, the meeting, the other cultures, the other the relationships you create with people and having worked over there where I was truly helping people, there was a relationship that was built that really was great. And that was the more the most fun things about travel. But if someone isn't traveling and they don't get to see these other places, these other cultures, I'd recommend it highly because it, does, it does complete your education. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes. Going to other places and seeing how other people do is the is the best education you can get, in my opinion. This yes. has been great fun. I enjoy it. Uh, it's it's great to talk to you and share my experiences. And thank you for having me on. Thank uh, you, Sonny. The honor is ours, Sonny. Ready to change how you're seen and charge what you're worth? If you're not getting enough opportunities to meet with ideal customers or the prospects you're meeting with just aren't ideal, it's most likely your brand that's holding you back. So if you're a coach, consultant, or expert who is on the rise, you need our ultimate guide to a freedom-based brand. Download it free now at brandfaceguide.com.